0: Good afternoon, or should I say, uh, actually, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Snell Nation. Tonight, we're going to talk about hate crime hoaxes. So, since the mainstream media, for, you know, whatever reason, you know, won't take the time to uh, highlight this particular topic. Um, and I know what some might be thinking that, you know, well, hate crime hoaxes, I mean, it's, it's a rarity, you know i'm'm I'm, I'm certain that a majority you know ninety percent of those uh, accusations are authentic and genuine. Uh, no, <laughs> I'm here to tell you that they are not um, and the uh, there's been a rise in uh, hate crime hoaxes over the past uh, eight years actually. And you know what? Let's talk about it now, what inspired this was a little story um, that I read. Uh, This happened in uh, Spring Lake, North Carolina, where two uh, two black males decided to paint swastikas and uh, Klan hoods on uh, just the the symbolism on some cars. Black owned auto repair shop. Now, they did this and then they vandalized uh, some of uh, this this uh, this business owner's cars and they do this damage. They leave. Now, the uh, the business owner sees this and, of course, cleans it up and decides to install some cameras. Well, these geniuses uh, came back and tried to do it again, only this time it was caught on camera. Um, and those individuals, let me see if I'm not mistaken, were apprehended by the police. And there's still, of course, this won't get much media coverage because it doesn't feed into um, the hey, I you know get all Americans to attack and hate each other and be afraid of each other, so they don't uh, recognize the fact that the same individuals are raiding the treasury time and time again. But I'll say that for another uh, another podcast. So I just wanted to take the time for the non-believers out there that think that that what happened in North Carolina and Spring Lake is just some anomaly. Just wanted to touch on uh, a few other uh, incidences. And, you know, there's a couple that I believe some of you will pick up on and you'll definitely recognize some of the names. And, you know, before we do that, just to throw a little bit of uh, information at you. So there was a political study done where they determined, and this was 2018 to 2019, that fewer than one third of the allegations of a hate crime were genuine, fewer than one third. And at that time, uh, I believe they had over 150 um, that were reported, and they believed to be genuine. Now, the FBI statistics are astronomical as far as just the allegations themselves. No pending investigation. It was just an allegation. I believe it was 7,000. And then about 8 to 10% of those they deemed genuine. worthy of being investigated and then there's a percentage of those um where they actually came to the conclusion that it was genuine and uh that the allegation had some evidence um had some fact behind it some weight to it but what we're seeing here is just this explosion and just these you know every time you turn around there's a story about a uh, a hate crime and a lot of times when it's found to be false, it just sort of fades away into obscurity and no one will talk about it anymore. But the information's out there. That's the beauty of this digital age we live in. It's not hard to go back in time and you know to dig those articles up and if you can't find it you know in your in your major newspapers and your your major uh, search engines and you can look at the at the local level and you can find a lot of these articles and a lot of uh, this information it's still hanging out there. You just have to dig just a little bit you know so with with that out of the way let's let's talk about briefly just a few of the high profile hate crime hoaxes that we had so let's go back to May 2017 and this involved a um, I don't know if you've heard of him but a LeBron James a uh, basketball player in the NBA so he contacted the police and stated that a racial slur was spray painted on his front gate of his mansion. So with this one, the the police showed up and there was no graffiti. There was no evidence of any graffiti. Um, So he stated that it was so just uh, visceral and it just got to his core, him and his friends so deeply and they had to, even though there was no sign of any soap or water or anything (laughs) and the gate was dry. (laughs) Um, He still went on to do a press conference and talked about how, you know, dangerous it is for a black man in this country, you know, considering he's, you know, he's worth hundreds of millions of dollars. But, you know, he's being hunted, you know, as he as he stated about black men being hunted when they step out the door by the You know, those racist cops, you know, so he's shown himself to be someone who'll just he'll he'll follow his script. He'll say whatever he needs to say, like a lot of these celebrities. So, I mean, this this isn't shouldn't be a huge shocker uh, to any of the listeners out there. But um, it was one of those cases that flew under the radar, even though it was just it was international news. Um, But once more details came out and people started to question, like, I don't think this is true. It just sort of faded away. And of course, LeBron James just carried on and then no one questioned it. No one brought it up again. So you have that May 2017. All right, let's jump. Let's jump forward. Let's jump to January 2019. We've got Jesse Smollett. uh, He was a very popular actor on what was that show called? It was a musical uh, show. Uh, Dog on it. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I don't I don't want to give any credit to to that, but but his claim was, you know, two AM, three a.m. in the morning in Chicago while he was going for a stroll in the cold, uh, to subway to the sandwich, uh, two white Trump supporting racists wearing MAGA hats. They they beat him up. They they called him all kinds of uh slurs, they made insults about the TV show he was on, which it's kind of interesting because if they were that evil, why are they watching his show? but they they threw bleach on him, they spit on him, they kicked him, all that stuff, and even the police were kind of like, uh, this is weird, and when they came to they when they went to his home to do the report, he still had the little noose on his neck um and it was it was the most ridiculous thing the second this thing came out. And of course, you had people all over the Twitter sphere and and all over Facebook, and you know, with all these all this um, manufactured um, outrage. And I just kept saying, "Wait for the details to come out. Wait for the details to come out," because this makes zero sense whatsoever. All like nothing, not one bit of his story made any sense. <laughs> and then, sure enough, more details started to come out, and then it turned out, oh, it was it was nothing. It was just made up. Oh, you know, no big deal. Now. This one involved a bit of a court case and um, there were a few people that were outraged, but apparently not enough um, because he just was allowed to press on. Um, He dealt with a little bit of scrutiny, but um, no biggie. He's still rich. He's still he's still uh, getting work and he's still moving along. So you have that January 2019. All right, let's jump forward a little bit more. June 2020. And this was during that, that summer of love with all the mostly peaceful, mostly fiery protests that we had going on across the country, well, heck, across the world. Now, this involved a uh, Bubba Wallace, a NASCAR driver, a mediocre NASCAR driver who uh, reported that he found a noose in his garage at a Talladega Speedway um, before race. So the FBI jumped on this. Isn't that interesting? The FBI pounced on this within hours, but for some reason they couldn't stop people from tearing down all the statues and, um, vandalizing, uh, federal buildings at that time. But for whatever reason, you know, it's about priorities. So they jump on this and then they come to find out it was just a little tie down piece of rope used to just pull your garage door down. I've got one in my garage I, I'm black I guess I could say well when I moved in you know it was it was someone threw that up there threw a noose up there to welcome me to the area you know it, it's racism it's you know I, it's absolutely hilarious and of course NASCAR they went above and beyond to show just how woke they are and and all that stuff um, even slowing up one of their races you know where they had all the racers come together and give him hugs and all these accolades and everything And just just lift him up, this mediocre driver, um, lift him up, put him on a pedestal simply because he's black and because no one wants to be labeled a racist. Because especially if you're a white conservative, being labeled as a racist is the worst thing in the world um, from what I've seen and the way some people will act to avoid um, that scenario coming about. But you'll you have that. And then it turns out it's just a bunch of nonsense and then it just fades away. No one really talks about it and people just kind of move on and no one will ask the question. And I just and it's just it's just so easy, you know, and that's why, you know, someone I'm sure you're thinking like, why does this keep happening? Well, it's easy. It's easy to put together. And of course, with our race obsessed country, this race obsession that we are trapped in, that we are ensnared in, um, people are quick to buy that sort of thing especially if that's the angle, if it's a poor white victim. And now with the stop Asian hate, a poor Asian victim, and then the oppressor, the colonizer or whatever you want to come up with, whatever phrase that pays um, is the the demonized group that's attacking the aggressor, you know, so and that sells. So the media tends to play that up. But then you have these stories, big ones like these that I just that I just listed that you know they'll be in the spotlight for a second, and then when they prove they're proven to be false, then they fade away. You even have people at the local level; these small timers. Like there's this uh, uh, politician, Jonathan Lopez. This was in Oregon. Uh, this individual was running for uh, county commissioner, and he claimed that someone was sending him racist uh, letters with all these just um, all these pejorative terms directed at him, and he is uh, Latino. Then it come they come to find out after doing an investigation he was he wrote the letters and sent them to himself and he just sort of faded away you know and the story the story died out and he just sort of just disappeared I thought <laughs> it just vanished you know so it, it it just it still blows my mind I mean there's still if you go to um, fakehatecrimes.org, They have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of stories like these where you'll see a common theme. And uh, it's it's sad, but it's usually someone of uh, Hispanic descent or the larger group, someone who's black, who's uh, launching the claim. And there's usually missing evidence or some shaky eyewitnesses. Or the person who is initially filed the claim starts to recant and change their story, you know, that kind of stuff. And that's happened hundreds and hundreds of times a year. And I'm just wondering when are they going to actually start to uh, punish these individuals? You know, like this, this, uh, former politician here in Oregon that was running for County commissioner. Um, I believe Jonathan Lopez now, he was hit with a misdemeanor, um, but it was something very just off the cuff, just some some random thing. But it wasn't labeled as him like f- falsifying anything or or filing some sort of fa- a false hate crime allegation, which is a should be a huge deal. Now, if you've listened to me before, you already know how I feel about hate crimes the same way I feel about hate speech. I think it's pointless. It's redundant. It's ridiculous. We have laws on the books. Um, so this only convolutes uh, the process and makes things even more ridiculous and more race focused, which seems to be um, the theme of the decade of last decade and, and now this decade. Um, but for, for some reason, the punishments are very light. They'll face maybe a little bit of scrutiny in the eyes of uh, public opinion, which is easily swayed um, as uh, opposed to uh, a court of law. Um, and they get to move on with their life and that's it. There's no real punishment or any real uh, consequences or repercussions. So, of course, more and more of these hate crime hoaxes are popping up. And, you know, before I forget, there's this uh, there's a great book called a hate crime hoax by a uh, Wilfred uh, Riley. And his book focuses on how these uh, these hate crime hoaxes are used uh, to fuel a fake race war. And to take it a step further, you know, it's a great book. I highly recommend it. But to take it a step further, I feel like it's this push to focus on a race war to avoid a uh, class war, you know, to, to keep the 99 percent just so wrapped up and just swimming in, irrele- in uh, irrelevance, excuse me, that they don't take the time to step back and see like that. A majority of us are kind of being taken advantage of by the same small circle of, of people and organizations But we spend so much time dealing with these non-troversies, things that 10, 20, 30 years ago meant absolutely nothing to the masses. Now is a controversy where it is a huge thing to so many people. And the masses aren't taking the time to step back and ask the question, does this really matter? You know, is this even true? Could this person be lying? (laughs) Could Fox News and MSNBC and CNN, could they be lying to me? (laughs) They lied before, you know, and they've been doing it for decades, you know, and if you're waiting for some investigative journalist to pop up and be a whistleblower, yeah, that those days are dead and gone. So that no, that's not going to happen. You have to do the digging for yourself um, and come to your own conclusions and stand firm on your principles. Um, It's the only way you'll be able to maintain your sanity and make it through all this craziness because it's just this constant stream of just feeding um, hatred and division and discourse and the agenda feels so obvious Um, at least i feel it is and i i feel that i'm not alone um in in this position but when you have hundreds and hundreds of hate crimes alleged hate crimes um that have these the some of the same settings And they try to use the same triggers, you know, oh, well, let's throw a swastika on there. You know, people will buy that, you know, because we know how those Nazis hate blacks, you know, and and Jews. So they'll just, yeah, there we go. And they they won't take the time to question it or do any any digging, you know. And in this particular story, the one in North Carolina, the swastika they made, I mean, it was a very sloppy job. These guys were not pros, kind of like the uh, two Nigerians that helped out uh, Jesse Smollett. Um, They were not pros. They left evidence laying around uh, for days, you know, checks showing what they were paid, <laughs> paid by him and all that stuff. And, you know, these guys in, in North Carolina here in Spring Lake, they were uh, incredibly sloppy. And then they returned to the scene of the crime to try and do it again and were caught kind of on camera. And I have a feeling that um, even though the, the video evidence that that should seal the deal. Um, but I don't I just don't think that'll be the case. I think it'll be another one of those where it's swept under the rug um, because. That's just where we are. Um, There's a certain brand of racism that is deemed acceptable um, and believable and a certain brand of uh, racism and even segregation that is also acceptable. Um, And and that's where we are. It's incredibly unfortunate. It's incredibly sad um, to see a nation that's come so far since the civil rights era um, to be taking these steps in reverse and it's actually quite fascinating because it feels like um, everything's being turned on its head where you have people, people are begging for segregate. You know, people are, are we, we have bigotry and racism that is sanctioned that is essentially is, is permitted. And we've, we're seeing it time and time again, where people are being openly racist and bigoted towards, towards whites. And in some cases, the, those people are celebrated, and in other cases, their, their crimes are ignored. And we saw this with Lori Lightfoot, the mayor in Chicago, where she issued a statement stating she would only do one-on-one interviews with uh, journalists that are uh, black and brown. Which was just, I mean, it was a political ploy to try to, I guess, distract everyone from how her city has turned into an outdoor shooting gallery with hundreds of people getting shot on a monthly basis and dozens dying, you know, within, within a weekend. I mean, even mother's day weekend, I think they had 26 shootings. Um, so she does this political ploy and it backfired and people just started asking questions. Why are you doing this? You know, you are being a racist. You are being by definite, you are being bigoted by definition. <laughs> I mean, how does that make sense? You know, Hey, my people are oppressed And uh, we're being oppressed by your people. So I think the right thing for me to do is to oppress you back worse than I believe that you've oppressed me. Like, how how does how does that make sense? (laughs) The whole, you know, I'm sure everybody's mommy and daddy taught them two wrongs don't make a right, you know. So it's just something that I I thought was interesting and just just a few of my thoughts. And I'd love to hear what what the audience thinks as far as this this um, (laughs) pandemic Of uh, hate crime hoaxes that have just it's just ballooned out of control so please feel free to leave me a message on the anchor app or uh bounce over to the apple podcast leave me a review with some of your um just some of your comments and you know and if you'd like me to touch more on this focus on a particular event or a slightly different topic please feel free to leave me a suggestion i'm uh, open to all of your constructive feedback and with that Snell nation out